Oh, hello. It's that blind guy, Stephen Scott, and here we are again. Uh, lovely to be with you, and uh, thank you so much for letting me into your ears today. It's very kind of you. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I have also brought someone with me who you may not wish to be in your ears because he sounds terrible. It's Sean Priest. What's wrong with you? What do you mean, what's wrong with me? Nothing. I've just, uh, I've enhanced my already beautiful voice. I sound stunning, I think you'll find. Okay, so we know we've turned on original sound in Zoom, but all it seemed to do is make you sound worse. (laughs) Okay, thank you. I've got a cold, that's all. Thank you for your sympathy and concern. Ah, dear. Well, you know, look, as long as you're feeling okay and you're not going to whinge all the way through this. Yes, I am. Sorry. Okay, fine. Uh, We've got Chris Turner with us from RNIB's Technology for Life team. Hi, Chris Turner. Hello. Hello. Hi. Yes, that's right. Round of applause for Chris. Um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> lovely to have you here, Chris. Honest. I wasn't expecting the round of applause there. Um, anyway, yeah, because you know, we, we because we're doing the podcast now, Chris, we don't have access to any of our you know jingles or any of oh. our music because you know we're not allowed to do that on the internet. It's against the uh, law. Yeah. And you know us, Chris, you know, we, we do not break the law over here at uh, Blind Guy Talks Tech. That's not how it works. And you know me, I never complain. So it's all fine. We just told him you can't do it on the internet so we don't have to endure those jingles he loves so much. Email, we get, oh, that's all gone. It's such a shame. Anyway, uh, Chris is with us uh, today because we're going to be talking about recording audio on your iPad or iPhone. There are lots of free options, some paid options that are pretty good. Oh, absolutely. I mean, even um, looking at iOS, uh, which is what I'm most familiar with, it the built-in voice memo recorder will get the job done. Um, the microphone, the built-in condenser mic on your iPhone and iPad, they're actually pretty good now. And of course, with the uh, you can record in stereo. Um, but otherwise, I would certainly look at um, Ferrite, F-E-R-R-I-T-E. The free version will let you record quite a lot and do some editing. Um, another favorite app of mine, just because it's very quick to get stuff down, is called Just Press Record. That one's around, was around five pounds when I bought it, but what I like about it is that you, you literally just open the app. You can do the old two finger magic tap and that will start recording. So it's it's very quick, especially you know, if you're capturing stuff on the on the fly, on the move. And you know what my favorite thing, I mean, I love Just Press Record for a whole host of different reasons, but one thing I love most about it is the fact it has an Apple Watch app. And I remember someone getting in touch when uh, we were doing Tech Talk, and I remember them saying, you know, here's a recording of me walking down the street, and they were demonstrating something. And I was really enjoying the audio, but part of me was thinking, how did they record that? Because it's so clear, it's so good. And when I emailed the person back, they came back to me and said, oh, I used the Apple Watch app of Just Press Record. And I'm like, wow, that was amazing. (laughs) It is. It sounds so good. The audio quality is so good. And it's just the user interface. It's just a big button (laughs) on the Apple Watch. And I've I've actually got the widget on my iPhone as well. There's a a Just Press Record widget, which is just a big button. Just double tap on it and bang, you're recording. And it's so good. I I love Just Press Record. It's so, so useful for, you know, if you're taking down a telephone, number or whatever it just it's instant almost and it will transcribe uh, speech to text as well which which is you know quite nifty i mean you know not always 100 percent, but it's, it's a very useful feature to have in there that's right i mean you know again if you're taking down that phone number as sean says 
you know, having that transcribed out, that can just make it easier. And, you know, if you're, if you're running a Mac, uh, you can instantly access all these recordings because you can get the Mac app as well. Um, I've used Just Press Record on a number of occasions, even just recording podcasts quickly. Sometimes, you know, if Audacity, if I'm just not, you know, able to get it going or whatever, or I'm not good Stop at there. picking on Audacity. I believe it. It's yeah, great. No, I, know, I always pick on Audacity, but, you know, it is great. But I don't know, there's something about these apps... I think initially I was always a bit wary of using apps like Just Press Record or Voice Memos for recording something like a podcast because in my head, these were not professional apps. You know, I come from a broadcast background, so I'm thinking if you don't have Pro Tools or Cool Edit Pro or Adobe Edition or, you know, some basically something that's generating a waveform in front of you the whole time. Yes. <laughs> if that's yeah. not running, then clearly I'm doing something wrong. But actually, things have changed so much, Chris, haven't they? And, it kind of goes to show how far technology's come, and also it shows the capability that that it gives all of us. You no longer need to be a broadcast engineer to do a podcast anymore. You just need a phone. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I mean, I just quick mention for another app. Um, talking about broadcasting is um, so going a bit beyond just recording, but there's there's Backpack Studio as well, which oh, yeah, is amazing. Yeah. It's so much fun, and it's literally like a a pocket radio station um, and you can use external mics if, if, as long as you get the right interface. So you, you literally have a, a professional mobile recording studio in your pocket. So let's dig into this a bit more, right? Because one of the questions I get asked most whenever anyone asks me how to record a podcast or, you know, what equipment am I using? They're always asking what equipment we're using, right? Because, you know, they're always interested. And look, let's be frank about it. Sean and I are geeks, um, if you were to come into my setup and spend about time, I, even I couldn't understand how all this works. There's just boxes <laughs> and cables so true. everywhere, right? <laughs> Once it's set up, it. we never touch it again because we can't remember what each cable does. Exactly. But what's interesting is that you don't need all this. You really don't. And, you know, I think it's fair to say, certainly from my experience, that when you're at a level where the microphone in an Apple Watch gives off a wow moment when you listen back to the recording. Never mind a smartphone, never mind a tablet. That says a lot, doesn't it? And it shows that the capability is is in those devices. You can, of course, buy technology that you can add on. I don't know if you've done that, Chris. Have you? Have you bought anything or, or tried anything out that you can add on, like an external microphone or audio interface, that kind of thing? I've not, yeah, not so much with the iPhone, but you mentioned that there's one I've got my eye on and it was out of stock for a long time and I'm very close to getting it, which is um, this Roland Go Mixer Pro, which will let you connect up to, I think it's up to seven, seven or 11. I forget the way they count the channels, but basically you can connect external microphones uh, and instruments directly into this little mixer and just, you know, capture a live performance if you want to record a band. And I'm, I'm really interested in getting that. Always ask the band's permission first. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise, is that not bootlegging? Is that... Thank you, Stephen, for telling us that. <laughs> a public service announcement brought to you by Stephen Scott just there. Um, keeping it legal. That's what I'm all about, guys. 
It's, you know, you're absolutely right. The, the quality and, I mean, it's not just the hardware, though. The mics, the Apple Watch mic is really good and all the smartphones, Android, iPhone, whatever. The, the, in general, the microphones are great and you've got all these accessories you can add to it. But the software, going back to things like Ferrite and, and whatever else, the software has come along and the actual performance of this, you know, of our smartphones is amazing. And you can record really high quality without dropping or skipping or stuttering. Um it's really cool, but it really is down to um, how we interact with it. And going back to where this all really started, you know, so far the keyboard is the best way for us to interact with an app. Um, yeah. uh, but hey, maybe we'll get there. Maybe when the smart glasses come along, there'll be a better interface. <laughs> well, hey, can you imagine what it'll be like when, when you get the smart glasses, right? Obviously, it'll have a mic in it as well. So, you know, interviews, you just, you know, I mean, Blind people sit quite close to each other anyway, right? So that'll work out pretty well. You know, we can all just sit close to each other and we can just interview each other via our face. Beautiful. That's the dream. <laughs> it is incredible, isn't it, Chris? I mean, we're, we're, we're kind of talking here about these apps and, you know, what Just Press Records, I think you're right, I think it's like a fiver or something. I mean, it, it changes every so often, but, you know, I mean, it's not a huge amount of money to pay for an app. Um, Ferrite, let's, let's dig into this a bit more. So Ferrite is the audio recorder, but it's also the editor as well. Uh, what's been your experience of Ferrite as uh, an accessible, as it does proclaim to be, audio editing app? So it, it, it really is. Um, they've The, the developer, Wooji Juice, which is a strange name, I'll, I'll grant you, mm-hmm. um, they have gone really quite far to make the app accessible with, with voiceover. Um, and I, the, the way they describe it is a, as a sort of capturing voice mobile uh, recording tool. It is multi-track, um, but not multi-track in the sense that you would record several tracks at a time. More that you create a library of recordings and then you can line them up on the tracks and, and edit them. Editing itself, I would say I haven't, to be fair, I've given it a, a lot of time using a Bluetooth keyboard um, because, you know, I like the fact that it's mobile, it's in your pocket. So doing editing on the touchscreen is quite crude, I would say, using voiceover. Because if you can imagine you're moving an editing head by flicking up and down, it's quite hard to do that in very granular, you, you know, you can zoom in, but even so, it, it, it's quite fiddly. Um, and I'd imagine very but, easily you can knock yourself off focus as well because well that's easy to do that on a on a touchscreen device even with a keyboard. Yeah, that's it. That's that's the issue. It's um, there are shortcuts in the rotor to jump between tracks and different elements, but when you're making or trying to make these kind of minor adjustments, it it can it can uh, throw you off just by the nature of you know how we use a a touchscreen. We need to be fair, as I said. I think you know. The, the developer has done fantastic work uh, with when it comes to accessibility, and we we don't want to sort of sound ungrateful. What well, I don't want to sound ungrateful. This is on me, um, but it is that that trickiness of using it. But it, I mean, are, are we talking a use case which most people really aren't going to get into? Because when I'm thinking about editing and multi-track, it's you know I want to add uh, music for an intro and then auto duck when the vocal the vocals come in, but for most people it's just you know recording something a vocal an interview on the fly and be able to quickly maybe crop out the beginning trim it up a little bit a bit of copy and paste, and and maybe that's perfectly 
fine and abs- absolutely what you know that most people are going to use it for. I, I would say actually things like having a, a vocal against an audio track, that stuff is quite doable. It, it's more, it's more the ch- sort of chopping. You know, if you want to chop out a word or um, tidy up the end or beginning, is that's where it get, gets a bit fiddly. But right. if you're importing uh, clips, as it calls it. Uh, you, they're all on separate tracks, and, and there's there's effects on those tracks like auto ducking, there's you know compression and limiting and all that kind of thing. So that that is where it's really good. Um, it is really the the more fine edits, you know, the kind of editing words and ums and ahs, you know, if, if people want to get into that, um, where it's it can be fiddly. But I would say it's, it's I mean give it a go. It's it's the the free version you can do a lot with, and and it, the Bluetooth. Um, Using a Bluetooth keyboard, there's a whole chapter of shortcut keys in there. So do you think then, Chris, that when it comes to actual editing, we're still better relying on a PC or a Mac and and an app like Audacity or um, Reaper or whatever it is that someone might use? I mean, I think most people might lean towards something like Audacity because it's free and it's much easier to, to navigate, especially from a beginner point of view. I think like a lot of these things, it, it depends what tools you've got. So for like a lot of us, we've always, uh, when we've done audio editing, it's always been based on the PC. And that's a time investment, a skills investment. And if you're comfortable in that environment, at the end of the day, you know, if, if you've got to get something done, you might as well use the tools you know that mm. work. If you're starting from scratch, there's no reason why you shouldn't give this a go. Um my feeling is you're still going to find it more productive on a PC, but that could just be, as I say, because I've, you know, I've got that several years of investment in time and slightly know what I'm doing on a PC. But, um, <laughs> Don't we all slightly know what we're doing? I love but, that term. I think as well, I mean, because there are so many options, including these free options, it's really start with where you feel most comfortable. You know, I really like the way you said that, you know, that it's, you know, you slightly know. And uh, you're kind of self-deprecating yourself there. But actually, the truth is that, you know, we're all in that position to some degree. I mean, I certainly feel that way. Since losing more sight, I felt that like I just lost that skill because I had done a lot of it so visually for so long. And then having to move to the keyboard, it's, it's partly why I use a program like Adobe Edition 3. It's not because it's the most accessible app. It's because it's the one that I always have in my head visually I know where everything is. That app has never changed because it hasn't changed. The, the app itself has, has stuck that way since I think 2017 was the last update and it's never updated since. And I'm quite happy about that. I mean, I even joked with you, Sean, remember we talked about me getting a, you've got, you've got an old laptop of mine that I borrowed you ages ago. And yep. you, I was saying to him, what I'll do, Chris, is I'm going to just get Windows 7 put on that and just have Adobe Edition 3 set up as I want it and <laughs> leave it till the day it dies. Um, and that would that would do me fine, you know. And and it's funny I say that, and I know that there are people out there who still have Windows XP, Windows Seven machines who will not upgrade because it's terrifying the prospect of moving on and losing all the the skills that they've 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 brought up. Especially when someone says, "Oh, that app isn't that app anymore; it's this app." And I've tried Adobe Edition CC; it's it's completely inaccessible to me. It just doesn't work. Because, I mean, look, put it this way. The save window isn't accessible. You can't save the file without cited help. I mean, what use is that, right? <laughs> That's terrible. So yeah. I have looked at Audacity. There's nothing wrong with Audacity at all. Sean uses it. He loves it. I know a lot of my friends do. Robin Christofferson loves it. Tim Schwartz loves it. We all love it. 
Um, but I just, I just, I'm not used to. It. I've not had the experience that those guys have. So for me, it's a little bit finicky. But I don't doubt its capability. I just, I just haven't invested enough time, as you've said. It's about investing that time. And let's be frank about it. If there's a tool that works for you, you're just going to keep using it, right? Um, yeah. Why change it? But you know, I want to just go back, go back to the start of all this because you mentioned three apps. You mentioned Ferrite Audio. You've mentioned Just Press Record. You also mentioned Voice Memos. Now, for just simple recording and getting the audio down, what's your take on that with voice memos on the iPhone? I mean, is it just as capable as, as any of these other apps? I mean, not in terms of editing, granted, but in terms of recording, at least. I have to be honest, it's been a long time since I've even looked at voice memos. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> which, um, the reason I stopped using it is I found the buttons not particularly... Though they, they were accessible with VoiceOver, you know, it's a default app. Mm. Um, I didn't find them very intuitive. If I recall, it would say things like the record button would be on or off or select. And I, I never quite knew if it, what was working and when it was working. You know what? You're absolutely right. There was a period of time when there was two things I didn't like about that app. One is the recording, as you say, but also when you were trying to play audio back. I remember I used to do that thing where... I think visually on the screen, you would you would click on a button or you would click on an item to play and it would kind of open up on the screen so it would kind of expand whatever it was so therefore yes. the play button would show up. But if you weren't careful about it, you could end up deleting the file very easily. Yeah. And it wasn't very obvious, whereas I know they have changed it and they have improved that app. And again, what's brilliant about it is it's across the Apple Watch it's across the Mac. So when I record something, and this is the other thing, right? I remember the days when I used to use mini disc machines to record interviews. And I remember going, and I, I remember interviewing in, um, in a, on a very warm day in Scotland. Uh, that's why I remember it, because that doesn't what? happen very often. Um, I remember standing in Loch Lomond, a beautiful part of Scotland, uh, overlooking the uh, loch, I guess, and um, whatever that body of water is. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the loch. Right, I get it. Um, huge history fan. Uh, massive in geography. But um, I remember standing there thinking, uh, what am I doing? Uh, and I do that a lot in my life, I have to say, Chris. But I remember standing there because I was interviewing Gordon Brown, who was the then Prime Minister, and I'm you know, interviewing him on this boiling hot day. He's pretty ratty. He is Gordon Brown. But he was pretty ratty. <laughs> and... Um, I interviewed him, and then I realized that it hadn't recorded. <gasps> oh. oh, dear. And I had to ask him to do it again. <laughs> and he was not happy about this at all. Was he not? No, he, fun enough, yeah, he just wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't in the best image to start with, and this really didn't help. <laughs> you made but it worse. The thing was that if, if I got back to the, the, the radio station at that point, and that audio had corrupted as it could have done. The disc might not have... I mean, obviously, it didn't record in the first instance, so I had to fix that. And then, you know, even if it had recorded, sometimes it might lose the audio. Um, you know, the disc might get corrupted. Even in the process of taking out the little mini-disc recorder, remember those little square mini-disc recorders? Taking out of that and putting it into the mini-disc machine, I had one of those Sony ones in back at the office. And you'd have to... And, and then you'd have to play the audio in real-time into something like Audition. Oh, it's ridiculous. Granddad, come know, on it's now. So, it's so funny when I think back <laughs> to those days, right? And then all this process, anything could go wrong. And of course, not only that, you had a microphone attached to this mini disc recorder because it didn't have a built-in mic, so you'd have to make, and you'd have to hope. I remember having to hold the mini disc recorder in such a way that it didn't hit the stop button and that I had to make sure that the 3.5mm microphone jack didn't fall out 
halfway through as well. Um, True was, professional just, as always, Stephen oh, Scott. It's just unbelievable. It's only the Prime Minister. It's oh, still got one of those. <laughs> Have you? Yeah, is it? I think the BZ10. It had, it had a physical record button, which was which was. The good thing about it is you knew it was recording because the button was actually in. Yes, um, that's right. But you right. could very easily knock the other buttons on the top panel. I mean, you know, I used that for a long time. I, I mean, I loved Minidisc actually at the time, but, you know, it seems so antiquated now. But, you know, what I'm saying is that nowadays I hit record on something on a phone. Once that recording stopped, it's immediately saved to the cloud. So if somebody steals my phone 10 minutes after I've done that interview, okay, it's not great that my phone's been nicked. It's not great that it's fallen in that puddle or I've stood on it and broken Lock. it. Yes. It, which is more likely in fairness. <laughs> But it's it's already saved up and backed up, and I just think that's amazing, you know. I mean, I'm amazed by tech. I'm amazed by technology. You're absolutely right. But, we, but like with so many different aspects of life and and tech, the smartphone really has you know taken over from a thousand gadgets in our bag or pocket, and just having that option there and those the the software that Chris has mentioned, it's it is fantastic. Yeah, so sometimes with apps, you have the issue of how to get the sound off the phone. Um, mm. Fortunately, you can use the share option and you can usually save it to file, files, iCloud, Dropbox and so on. But um, if I don't even want to do that, sometimes I'll actually use the camera app, record a video, which will obviously capture sound. And if you use an external microphone, it, you know, it capture it from that. Because you can then plug that into a Windows PC and browse your iPhone just as a regular removable drive and copy the file off. And even though it's a video, you can open it in a lot of audio editors and do what you need to do and just save out the sound. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, I've done that a few times with Audacity. You just uh, load in the file no matter what it is, and it will try and take the audio off it. And for video files, it works perfectly. Yeah, that's a really good point. Okay, look, Chris, we really appreciate your time, and we're going to talk about how people can contact you at the technology for life team at rnib which is a fantastic resource for people to go to and we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute and get the details but i just want to finally ask both of you when it comes to recording and, and i think for a lot of people it's going to be you know possibly an interview for a podcast or maybe something to do with college or school or whatever um what's the best place to start is it a case of just play around with something like voice memos? Or do you think that people should dive into some of these other paid apps like Ferrite, like Just Press Record? Where should people kind of start off and, and hone those skills? My feeling is always start with what you've got. So voice memos, as I say, I tend not to use it now, but um, but it's already on your iPhone and iPad. You might as well give that a go. See if you get on with it. If it does the job, great. But otherwise, you know, ask around or explore some of these apps like Just Press Record and Ferrite. No, I totally agree. Yeah, uh, it's exactly whatever you've got to hand. And a lot of uh, a lot of it is getting to learn, really, and test out what sounds good. You know, how far away you need to hold a microphone or the iPhone if you're using something like voice memos or sound recorder on an Android phone. How far away you need to hold that from someone to get a good level and good clear sound you know holding a, a, a device you know so you don't uh, accidentally hit a microphone or you know uh, tap the phone so you can't hear what people are saying background noise of the environment just record just keep recording and eventually you'll get to know what sounds best to where, where you know where to hold a device um and once you get there 
you'll find yourself naturally going, oh, you know what, I, I want to look at where I can go next. How can I make this better? And that's when you start looking at other bits of hardware, bits of kit. If you even need them, let's be honest about if it. If you but, need them, yeah, exactly. But I mean, it, it, no, don't get me wrong. Some of this stuff is, is worth looking at because it does improve the quality. I mean, there's no doubt that, you know, microphones from companies like Rode, R-O-D-E, Zoom as well, you know, they make excellent microphones. Some of these are standalone units. Some of them are devices that connect directly to your iPhone or iPad. Um, and it's, it, it, the only thing is, it's, of course, it's getting a bit tricky these days because I've got my iPad mini, which I adore, but it's USB-C. So I have to think differently about that to my iPhone, which is still lightning. Come on, Tim Cook, fix it. <laughs> Get us all on USB-C. It'll make life so much easier. Mind you, I'll have to trash half my dongles. Um, Oof, never but, trash your dongles. That's no. a public service <laughs> announcement. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, Chris, tell us about the technology for life service. I'm sure a lot of people are aware of it, but for those who aren't, uh, tell us about it and uh, what you offer and how we can get in touch with you. Yeah, so uh, the Tech for Life team, uh, you can get hold of us via the helpline on 0303 123 9999. That's the RNIB helpline. I was just going to say, yeah, we better say it's the RNIB helpline. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not the old days anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you can also email the RNIB Tech for Life team, TFL at rnib.org.uk and we will try and assist with any of your access tech inquiries whether it's recording you know tvs computers anything we'll have a go at it and you know i cannot and i don't underestimate or understate even the the work that you guys do because it's so important frankly you know there there are so many times that we're stuck with technology and if you call a sighted person, and this is not against the sighties, but, you know, if you call a sighted person, they'll say, oh, you click on that thing at the top right, and you're like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what any of that means. Um, you know, and if you can get someone on the phone who understands a screen reader, who understands, you know, Braille, or understands, you know, Zoom text, or whatever it is, and you're able to assist them directly with their particular needs, then that's a great thing. And you guys are fantastic for that. So thank you so much for coming on to our new show and um, I look forward to you coming back on again soon, Chris. There's so many more topics I'm sure we can talk about in the future. Uh, but for now, Chris Turner from RNIB's Technology for Life team, thank you. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thanks, Chris. And don't forget that you can share your thoughts on what you've been listening to here on Blind Guy Talks Tech, the podcast. If you'd like to take a moment and send us an email, then that would be lovely. You can email hello at blindguytalkstech.com or you can leave us a voicemail. Uh, on this number, 0204 571 3354. That's 0204 571 3354. We really do love hearing from you. And uh, we put all your contributions together in our special weekend edition episode, which appears every Friday on the Blind Guy Talks Tech podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you again next time.